Coming up in the Midco Sports Network podcast, he is a banker by day, TV sports commentator by night, Greg Steeman. Count to a million, will you? One, two. Testing. All right, let's do it. My radio boys, Tommy. Yes. It's been in the stacks of wax. <laughs> Were you ever a DJ? Playing tag with 15. <laughs> <laughs> Got a high IQ, but a low pain tolerance. Loves a good pair of loafers and a nice glass of wine. And he's also really good at breaking down college basketball on Midco Sports Network. Greg Steeman coming up in the Midco Sports Network podcast. Welcome to the Midco Sports Network podcast, presented by Avera Orthopedics. Here's Tom Neiman. All right, welcome to a Midco Sports Network podcast. I am Tom Neiman with Greg Steeman, who joins us from the beautiful state of North Dakota. Gregory, what's going on? Uh, you talk about beautiful. The, the flakes are gently falling. No blizzard conditions, though, so I consider that beautiful this time of year. This is going to be uh, pretty much two guys in their 50s that know it all about everything is what we're going to talk about here. Steeman knows 90% of everything in the world. I know the other 10%, so we got you covered. If you want us to figure anything out for you, let us know. You know, I, 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 I'm more like I know 90% about 10%. So that's like I know 9% of things. 60% of the time, you're right all the time. Correct, absolutely. Yeah. We, I've known you for how long? Not, we, we don't know each other that well, do we? What do we know about I each other? I don't think so. We've been general acquaintances and, and occasional work partners <laughs> off and on for seven-ish years. Right. Ish. See, yeah. th- this is what I love about Greg Steeman, though, is I can call you an idiot, and you will get it. You will know oh. that you're an idiot, you're being an idiot, and yeah. you know that I'm at least half kidding when I do that. Abs- absolutely. You're 100% right, and in a way, kidding. Yeah, I- I- And it doesn't offend me in the least. Yeah. Are you any smarter than you were 25 years ago? None. None. It's been constant deterioration since I was <laughs> Doesn't it feel like 17. that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I actually looked up the definition of wisdom before we did this thing, and it's the application of experience to supposedly do better than you did the first time around. I don't know if I've done that in my life. I think in a lot of ways I have because I've quit doing stupid things. I've eliminated a lot of dumb stuff, but I don't know that I've done a lot of smarter stuff. Does that sound familiar? A hundred percent. And that's the, you know, you talk about experience. Anytime I ever give any advice, it's only because I made the same mistake much more seriously and much more often than anybody else ever has. Uh, yeah, 100% right. I- any experiences I have are just from my own selfish stupidity for approximately 49 to 51 <laughs> years. Yeah. And, and even if people hear that, does it do them any good? You know what I mean? You have to live it and make yep. your own mistakes. Yeah, we think we're yeah. smart by saying, well, I did this and it was dumb. You shouldn't do this. But it doesn't, they don't get that. If you tell a kid that, they're going to say, all right, whatever, you're old and I'll figure it out myself, right? Absolutely. My, my 15-year-old daughter, I just assumes that, I, you know what, Dad, you're, you're not any smarter than I am and, and I will never be as dumb as you were when, when, when you were my age. And, and you know, if I, if I can set the bar low enough for her, then at least she'll... She'll feel like she's accomplished things throughout the course of her life. So. I get offended. But I have teenage daughters as well as you, and I get offended by th- that they think I'm dumb, and they kind of try to take advantage of me, and there's no respect. And then I think, you know what, you'll figure it out. But there are so many influences on our teenage daughters, Steeman, with Cardi oh. B and the Kardashians, and there's just constant, there's rap music. All, all they listen to is rap music, and it's terrible. Do you worry about that it's rotting their heads, or do you just say, this is the phase, and by the time they're 25, they'll, they'll figure it out? Um, I put a great deal of confidence um, in her mother, 
and uh, and and also believe that you know what uh, th- th- they're going to be okay. Um, when I go back to what probably what we listen to '80s music, which mm-hmm. is still yep. clearly the best generation of music. Correct. Um, uh, yeah, we we turned out okay. I think she's going to be all right. I think she's going to be okay, and and yeah, I I agree. We're we're dumb, but we know we have a few answers to a few things, in my opinion. <laughs> All right, let's continue with uh, two guys, two old guys ranting. Talk about uh, <laughs> Greg Stevens. This is your life, Lemoore, North Dakota, is where you were born, right? Born in well, born north, seventeen miles. But I was born in Jamestown, North Dakota. Oh, okay, grew up seventeen miles northwest of Lemoore, North Dakota. Farm kid, yeah. I, uh, you know, North, South Dakotans can relate to this. I had my driver's license in eighth grade, and, and uh, yeah, it was, life was good. Life came at you fast, and you, and you handled it, and, and uh, yeah, you live that not, was about it. You live now not far from where you grew up, right? Correct, yep. A town called Oaks, North Dakota, which was a big rival of Lamore, North Dakota, going up, growing up, and so I could never picture myself living in a, in a rival's town, but I I, I do now, and it doesn't seem to bother me too much. So I think I think we're all good. Greg Steeman is a banker by day these days. He was on the North Dakota Board of Higher Education. I don't know if you want to touch on that or not, but you don't, you don't have to. I mean, you were you were a legitimate leader of higher education in North Dakota for a little while, right? I don't know if the term leader was ever associated with it, but I was on the State Board of Higher Education. I will say this. It's pretty cool to, it's, a, it's really an honor to serve your state and serve the people of your state. I think North Dakota and South Dakota have similar values and thought processes and actually similar, um, you know, higher education organizations. It was pretty cool. It was great. It was an honor, and I was thrilled to do it. And I was towards the end of my term, and when, when we talked about our teenage daughter, as Taylor starts playing volleyball and basketball, I realized, you know what, when I'm on my deathbed, I'm not going to say, gosh, I wish I would have spent more time on State Board of Higher Education Mm -hmm. business. I just thought I would much rather be down watching her play volleyball or basketball or take part in a piano recital or a, or a, a, a choir performance. And so it made it easy for me to make that decision, but yet at the same time, the experience was really valuable, very educational, and uh, made me realize I'm, I'm, I'm not overly excited about having a career in politics. <laughs> right, we're going to circle back around to the floating in and out of different things in your life, from coaching and <laughs> not coaching, things like that. But yeah, we, we were a politician, right? And were you not? Are you not cut out to be a politician? Touch on that for a sec. I don't think I'm cut out to do it. I, um, I like probably a lot of people. Um, think they're qualified to to opine on it <laughs> which you do go to greg steven's twitter page and he will have many vague veiled references to politics and you can kind of tell where steven's coming from politically but yeah i do appreciate the fact that you recognize uh, i'm attempting to be vague and veiled and so i uh, yeah thanks at least uh and i think yeah you have my I, I know it's an insult, but you have a similar sense of humor. So, I, you know what? I'm insulting you by comparing you to me, but that's that's just life. That's it's twisted. It. It's I I'm, I always do. I read that and I try to figure out what you're leaning that day. And anyway, <laughs> all right, we'll we'll come back to that. Valley City State, North Dakota grad, right for college. Yep. yep. All right, Stevens, North Dakota guy, snazzy dresser. If you've never seen him in person, kind of well refined. Or gives that appearance anyway. But talk about this. You came out of Valley City State. Your first coaching job, you're known as a basketball coach. Your first coaching job was in high school football. Is that right? 
uh, not only high school football but high school wrestling. Uh, yep, I was. I, I accepted the job, and, and before I accepted the math teaching job, I called the wrestling coach. I said, "Hey, I'll turn this down if you don't want to have a schmuck like me <laughs> helping you out in uh, in rest." And his name was Lee Nagel, probably the nicest guy on the face of the earth. And he was the wrestling coach. He said, "Nope, I I love to have you." And it was I was in the best shape of my life. I wrestled every every uh, afternoon after school with a bunch of guys, and then I played basketball like three or four nights a week. It was the last time I was actually probably in pretty decent shape. This this was in Wapaton, North Dakota, right? Wapaton, North Dakota, Wapaton High School. And then uh, the next year I had an opportunity to start volunteering with the uh, junior college, North Dakota State College of Science, as an assistant uh, basketball coach with the men's program. And that's when my, my desire to – well, I guess I, I had – gone back to college to, to try to become a college basketball coach and so I just that was the avenue that was in front of me and I appreciated the opportunity and and uh, so from there I spent a number of years in, in, in collegiate basketball. All right now between that though let's circle back to this because you were at College of Science in Wapiton. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you got out of coaching for a couple of years didn't you? Yeah how do you know all this stuff? I've do a lot of research I, that's yeah, all I do is do research yeah, on I you. Um, yep and had Ended up getting married to you know my daughter's mother Lori, and she had taken a, a collegiate volleyball position up at UND, and um, so then we both moved up there, and I jumped into the pharmaceutical industry for a few years, and then uh, coaching paths led uh, uh, Lori to Southwest Minnesota State in Marshall, and I went down there, still in the pharmaceutical industry, and. And ended up volunteering and hooking up with a guy by the name of, of Tim Miles, who mm-hmm. was running that program at the time. We had built a relationship when I was at State College of Science, and he was at Mayville. And uh, and then we uh, um, he moved on to North Dakota State, and I was able to get the Southwest Minnesota State job. So that that's what filled my time between North Dakota State College of Science and Southwest Minnesota State. All right, Miles was at Southwest, and then you came. I don't think he was there for four or five years, four years maybe. You yep. came in there, and you. How? What's your relationship these days at this moment with Tim Miles? You guys still in touch quite a bit? Yeah, we we communicate fairly regularly. Um, you know, whether it's by phone or text or or direct message on Twitter, and uh, I figure he's probably got a lot of people that are trying to communicate with him. So <laughs> it's uh, it's not something that I, I I'm relentless with, but once in a while we'll exchange some communication and. Uh, they lost a tough one last night to Michigan State, but I think he's got a team that hopefully can get into the tournament this year, and hopefully for the first time in the history of University of Nebraska, they can win a tournament game, and then they will also lose the title of the only Power 5 program to not have won an NCAA tournament basketball. What? Is that for real? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think they are the only one, because Northwestern, and somebody else, and I think they both in the last three, four years were the ones that finally won one. Nebraska right now is the only team in the in the Big 12, Big 10, the Power Fives, the ACC, all those teams that has not won an NCAA tournament game? That is my understanding, wow. and all I'm right. 100% sure that I'm 50% accurate. <laughs> As usual. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm almost positive that's the case, and so someone smarter than me. What I can do is I can guarantee you this. They are the only one, or they're one of, like, maybe two of the Power Five, but I think they're the only one that hasn't won an NCAA tournament game. All right, good backtrack. 
Um, yeah, thank you. Miles has kind of got that your sense of humor too, doesn't he? Is that why you guys got along so I, well? I, I don't. I don't. Again, don't insult him by comparing him to me. <laughs> I. Uh, um, he he's a smart Alec. I I think I'm less smart Alecky than he am than he is. Really? Um, yeah, he's. Yeah, but, but no, he's uh, he's a guy that I can relate to. He's a, he's the guy that on the golf course. If he's having a bad day, he will not accept the fact that maybe you're playing okay. He will literally try to drag you down to his level or below. Um, if he's having a good day, he'll talk nonstop and everything's great. But if he's not having a great day on the golf course, he will not allow anybody else to have a good day. He will. Um, so he's, he can be, he's got a good sense of humor, and he's also just amazingly... Uh, what should I say? I don't know. Competitive uh, to the core, like competitive right? To the I core mean, that's what that is, isn't it? Full of anybody else, right? Yes, unless he can share in it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're the same way. We we don't if somebody else is doing good, uh, yeah, that's okay. But there's a certain amount of oh, Schadenfreude yeah. in the world, isn't there? Where you, you oh, know, if somebody question. else is doing well and you're not, you're like, eh, whatever. And the great thing about it is, is ask Miles about his record at Southwest. He was undefeated. He was not responsible for a single loss. His assistants were responsible yeah. for every loss. He was responsible for every win. Yeah. All right. So Miles was there at SMSU before you were. You take over. And I looked at your record, Steeman. That was a hell of a run at uh, Southwest Minnesota State. Um, school record, 28 wins, right? In the last year you were there? Yeah. I mean, I think yeah, Miles, had, Miles had 28 at one point. Had you had 28 that last year you were there. Bigler, yep. Brad Bigler, who took over for you now, has... I think has matched that as well, but 28 wins is still, I think, the school record at SMSU. It, it is, yeah, and it was, um, it was, it was an interesting run though because we, you know, when we took over, you know, a lot of good players that were left, and and the first couple of years we maintained a winning record, and then went through two years, the two toughest years, two losing records, and um, I learned more in those years, and I got offered. Um, in the Minnesota system, you can get offered four-year contracts, you know, which is pretty typical, and you can get offered one two-year contract throughout the course of your career. And if you get offered a two-year contract, it's really basically saying, <laughs> I want to fire you, but I'm just not that mean, so I'm going to give you a two-year contract anyway. I got offered a two-year contract after those two years, those two losing seasons. And I remember talking to Brad Bigler and just saying, you know what, uh, I'm going to do this my way, the simple way, and I if, if I'm not getting this done, I'll leave before they ever fire me. And uh, Brad was so good, um, he, he he and I had very complimentary, I mean, you know, we, as far as what we, how we kind of helped work together, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then also Nate Kading came in as a GA, but when we simplified things and really focused on, on recruiting the right people, we, we, those last four years were probably the coolest of, of my professional experience. Um, I was, you know, when I started science, I was young. I thought I was so much smarter than I was. Uh, and I don't know, I was probably in coaching almost for the wrong reasons. And I think the last four years, I, I really enjoyed it. And I'd like to think did things the right way. Here's, you know, here's what's cool, and again, I'll, I'll apologize for boring all of your listeners. That last year, mm-hmm. we, we won 28 games. Mm-hmm. Our leading scorer averaged 8.9 points a game and 9.2 rebounds. 
and we literally had 10 guys that averaged over 16 minutes a game. Uh, the most unselfish, competitive, hard-nosed um, group of true teammates that anybody could ever possibly have a chance to, to coach. And it almost made it one of those, you know, when I made the decision to walk away, it almost made it easier because I go, I don't, I don't even know if it's possible to assemble a group like this ever again. So it was pretty cool. You, you know, they say there's two groups of coaches, those that have been fired and those that are going to be fired. <laughs> and I was just lucky enough to stay out of both of those. Yeah. So you have that year, and then you mm-hmm. ride off into the sunset, right? That was it. Yeah, it, yeah, it was pretty cool. And it was when Taylor started, Taylor's my daughter, when she started going to uh, you know kindergarten mm-hmm. school, it realized that, um, I wanted to have my weekends back because that's when I was going to see her. Before she got into school full-time, we had the flexibility, and I had the flexibility. I could spend time with her, you know, here and there and, and uh, kind of on our own terms. And when she got into school, I said, I, that's the one thing you don't have for a, a long time is your weekends available. And I thought, you know what, there's probably not much better time. And then all of a sudden I go, you know, you miss it for at times, but out of the blue I get the call a couple of years later about from Elson. I was going to say how did how did Mitco Sports Network how did we dig I, you up out of the ashes and I, put you on I, television? I know I, I sent a generic email one time to like Midco Sports Network after I'd been working in banking for a little while. To whom it may concern? Guys, like, what's that? Uh, to whom it may concern or what? To whom it may concern? Cool, literally, literally that's who it was too and I said yep hey if you ever need any help because I'd seen them doing some games because they were doing I think just Division 2 games and I thought hey if you ever need any help that's great, and I and obviously I clearly heard nothing back, and rightfully so, because who's this moron? <laughs> and then uh, um, out of the blue, Elson called one day, and I go, "Yeah," because the funny thing about that is, and, and uh, I won't say who it was or where it was. I literally had been offered a, a college coaching job about a week before I got the call, and I thought about going back and doing it. And I go, "Really? Yeah, I did." Because I, I had I had missed kind of being involved in college athletics, and I said no to it. And it was a, probably an environment that would have been similar to where I was fortunate enough to be successful. And and um, and I said no, and I just thought, well, things happen for a reason. And the first person I called when I said no was my daughter Taylor. She was in elementary school, but it's so funny. I go, well, guess what? I decided. She goes, and I could hear the disappointment in her voice. She mm-hmm. goes, "You're going to coach again, aren't you?" I go, "Nope, I'm not." And and she was really cool about it. I thought, you know what, I know I made the right decision, but if I miss it, you know, I'm sitting there going, gee whiz, you know, hey, God, if, if this is here, what, you know, what, what should I try to do? And literally a week later, I got a call out of the blue, and I've had a chance to sit courtside and this, for Summit League games at USD, at UND, and now at NDSU and in the Summit League tournament. I get the best seat in the house. I get to work with people like you who rip on me during the broadcast, mm-hmm. and I get to rip on too. And we get the best seat in the house, and we literally get paid to watch great college basketball. Um, it's pretty awesome, to be honest with you, about how that has all shaked out. It is. Uh, that's a good story, though. I didn't know you had another offer for coaching. And, and well, the, the did, balance. Yeah, and I, I won't say who was or anything, and I'm not, I mean, I, I'm, I'm being 100% honest, but. It was once, the yeah. right thing to do to not go back to it, and I've just—it's been pretty cool to to have this opportunity to to watch great coaches, great teams, 
work with great people, and get the best seat in the house. It's it is fun, I, man. We love that. We're glad we're glad you made that decision too. And we and you and I were sitting the other night watching our daughters play a game against yep. each other. That was pretty cool. So that that, was, that is yeah, a huge awesome. that is a huge part of it. But it, circle back to this one more time because I love my job too. I love what I'm doing. But there's nothing like being a coach, being part of a sports team, being on a team. I I compare it to like being in a band, man. That's there's just no other feeling. You can't really get that. You can get some of it when you're sitting there calling a game, but mm-hmm. you can, there's nothing like being part of that team. There just isn't. No matter what, how great your job is, there's just no thrill like that, is there? You're 100% right, and I think I know. maybe the coolest thing about it, Tom, is, is it's almost inexplicable. It's almost hard to explain right. about what's really involved in all of it because there's so much unspoken uh, you know, so many unspoken things about being a teammate, about about being involved with guys who are truly guys and and ladies who are truly committed to each other, and and you you sometimes you use words and people go, oh yeah, whatever. It's just if you're talented, you you go out there and you run from point A to point B and you do this and hopefully you make a shot. And I go, it's I'm as dumb as 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 the day is long, but. If you can get people to buy into certain things, it's so cool to watch mm-hmm. that success happen because they they believe in what you're doing and they believe more importantly they believe in in each other. I go back to that that last team we had where I remember doing an interview with I think it was Patrick Royce for the Tribune before we were going to the Elite Eight, and he goes, "Boy, you don't really have any stars on your team." I said, "You know what? We probably don't, but what we have is a bunch of great teammates." And I've always said, if you have a bunch of great teammates, guess what you're going to end up with? You're going to end up with a great team. And those things are hard to describe and they're hard to quantify. And sometimes you don't, you don't even know it until you actually see it and experience it. So what you just said, yeah, there are, there are some things about coaching and being part of athletics that, that it's really hard to describe, but it's almost impossible not to enjoy when you have when when you get the opportunity to experience them, yeah, it's an incredible draw. It's, it it just feeds your soul, man. You know, yeah. And then and and that said, there are, it, you turn it around, and there's a lot of great coaches. There are guys like yourself. I don't put you in that category, but yeah, there's a lot of coaches, I should say, yeah, that have had success and they felt that feeling for many years, and then they still there's the, the other draw of I got to take care of my family. I want to be with my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that is such a dichotomy i guess between uh being part of that team and then you know giving that up to go do other things it, it it's is pretty heavy it, isn't it? it it is heavy but it's 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 cool you know and and there's nothing neater than watching like i say when you and i were sitting next to each other watching our daughters play against each other it was kind of funny you know and and uh, and it's cool and i and i've I tr- I've trained myself to say I am going to sit there. I love watching her play. I'm proud of her. I try not to coach her. <laughs> if she ever asks me anything, I'll, I'll say anything. I, I don't. You know, after a game, hey, listen, I, I love watching you play. I'm proud of you. You played hard. That's all that matters. And uh, and I want her to have that to enjoy that experience and not feel like she's going to get coached by her dad. And uh, but it it, it it that's what's important. And I'm fortunate. And at the same time, I still get to be a part of. Watching really great coaches, um, exceptional teammates, and working with good people, so I, I get a piece of that, and and 
I, I consider myself just amazingly blessed to be able to, to have that experience. And like I say, be able to work with good people doing it. All right, man. One last, we got to talk about summer league basketball here for one second. Oh, yeah, one more yeah. minute. Um, we cover the men's game. You, you do mostly men's games. Let's talk about the South Dakota State men in the summer league. Are they, they were the favorites coming in. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, tied for the lead right now. Are they still the team to beat in summer league men's basketball, South Dakota State? I think no question. And, and you know, they sit at 5-1 and one right now. I think, if I'm not mistaken, aren't three of their wins road wins, Tom? Um, um, I, I know question. they won at North Dakota. Uh, Denver? At Denver. I'm trying to think. At Western um, Illinois. At Western, you know. And so, you know, Western is a, is a struggling team. Denver is a struggling team. But I don't care. You, you know this. Winning on the road is never going to be easy. And so to be 5-1 and one and to have uh, – three road wins already, and, and Brookings is a tough place to play. And frankly, um, they've got uh, – Mike Dom is, you know, his numbers, his game at Grand Forks, one of the best performances I've ever seen in the Summit League. Um, he's, he's literally a generational player in the Summit League, and I think I've said this a lot of times, the Summit League has two of those players in this league right now, in, in Mike Dom and John, John Conchar. Um, guys that it's worth the price of admission to go watch them play on a nightly basis. So, yeah, they still are. And then at the same time, you look at both Fort Wayne and Omaha. Omaha's got some experience. You know, Zach Jackson's another one of those four-year players. But they've got some other upperclassmen and Hahn and, and people like that. Um, it's not a surprise that, that South Dakota State, Fort Wayne, and, and Omaha are at the top right now. But I think South, South Dakota State, with Mike Dom, with Jenkins, with the tools they have, I think they're still the favorite, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah, Omaha's won three road games already as well. Yeah. All right, last, last thing. I think this comes out before uh, these games will be played. South Dakota State and North Dakota State play um, here coming up. What are your thoughts on that that men's game? Well, I, so North Dakota State's been been much, much better at home than they have been on the road. And Dave Richmond, who I think has always done a very good job of getting his teams to guard, uh, and when they've been good, they've always been good defensively. You know, unless unless Dave and his staff can really get North Dakota State to defend on a consistent, hard-nosed level, it's going to be a tough. That's a tough job going into Frost Arena. Um, they're they're maybe a little bit undersized, and they but they can present some some matchup issues. They are probably as healthy as they've been in a while, uh, and they've got Sam Griesel back and Cam Hunter back, so they they they've got everybody back from injury. They've got a full complement of players. But I think it would be uh, they're going to have to guard the best they have all year to give themselves a chance in Brookings. And at the same time, they're going to have to hope that uh, South Dakota State is not on their A game because South Dakota State's got one of the better teams that I think the Summit League has seen in a while. And so it's going to be a tall order for North Dakota State. But if they go play their tails off defensively, they'll at least give themselves a chance. All right, buddy. Great steaming. Uh, North Dakota State men's basketball with Brian Sean on Midco Sports Network. Babley's job. You're brilliant. Take care, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Buddy, I appreciate it. And uh, everybody knows that when you rip me, you're 100% accurate. (laughs) And I deserve everything I get. So love you, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this Midco SN podcast presented by Avera Orthopedics. To listen to any of our past episodes, go to midcosn.com slash podcast.